Welcome to Jammin' with Jason Mefford, a show where we discuss topics relevant to chief audit executives and professionals in audit, risk, and compliance. We discuss the technical and soft skills needed to navigate the minefields of organizations. You hear best practices and practical advice for helping you advance your career, and we'll even talk about music, mindfulness, and psychology, because we can. So sit back and relax while you listen to the number one podcast in the world for internal auditors, unscripted and unedited. Welcome everybody to another episode of Jammin' with Jason. Hey, we get to do another one of my favorite kinds of episodes today, which is talking to other chief audit executives. Uh, So today I have on my friend Imran Zia, so welcome, Imran. How are you today? Hey, Jason. Uh, I'm good. How are you? Good. You know, it's 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 always funny the older I get, right? And I'm starting to get old, <laughs> um, you know, because I think we first met back in Qatar a yeah. long time ago. That's why I was trying to remember exactly how many years. It's been at least probably six Six or seven years, I'm guessing. Yeah, around even more, maybe eight years, I believe. Yeah, it could even be that long, right? So, so yeah, because you were in one of my risk-based audit courses that I was doing yeah. over there in the Middle East, and we met, kind of hit it off, and it's it's been fun to actually watch your journey as oh, yeah. well, right? Because you're no longer in Qatar. <laughs> you're in the Middle East, right? You're now yeah. in Canada. Yeah, and, absolutely. And uh, so it's kind of fun. So just just, you know, Right now, you're the chief audit executive of the government of British Columbia. So for those outside, you know, North American, that's that's like a big state province, uh, yeah. big governments, big, big budgeted government. It's one of the, the large, I want to say it's probably one of the largest, yeah, second largest uh, province in Canada. Absolutely. Right. So so we're talking, you know, big responsibilities here. Um, but maybe, you know, to start us off with, just kind of give people a little background as to like, you know, how do you get to be a chief audit executive? You know, because like I said, I mean, you've literally moved around the world for it, <laughs> but, but what's kind of the process that, you know, got you to where you're at today? Yeah, I mean, I'll just quickly go through um, what I've been doing in the past. And it was lovely to um, get in touch with you those many years ago. And it's interesting that we have been in touch throughout and in all, um, and it was, um, I would say from a career wise, it's a roller coaster ride. And, you know, and it's great. I really, I'm really thankful to you, Jason. And I've been um, getting a lot of, um, career advice and tips from you um, and also about um, different certifications and knowledge and that has really helped me throughout my journey. So um, I started off with a professional services firm. Um, KPM started off with RSM, KPMG, Interbuy and then moved on to take an audit manager role with an oil and gas sector company in the Middle East in Qatar. And that's where we met as well. Mm-hmm. And um, five years into an audit manager role, moved on to chief audit executive. Um, and it was about 10 years span uh, with an oil and gas sector company and a lot of interesting insights, a lot from a professional perspective as well. So 
from a professional background, um, I started off as an ACCA. I did my ACCA typical accounting mm-hmm. background mm-hmm. and um, uh, moved on to RSM with my basic article ship and then to KPMG. Um, but I always thought that, you know, it's, it's, um, you gain something, you attain some knowledge and it's kind of never ending journey. It's about lifelong learning. And the higher you move um, in your career, you start to realize um, the knowledge that you have is just so little. And, you know, it, and, and, and you, and you get to have that feel, you know, you move on from one industry to another and you realize that you there is a lot that you need to learn. And so I um, took the charge of, I became the CEO of my own career development. Yeah. So <laughs> I love that term. You CEO of your own career development. Okay. Oh yeah. So I, I assume the responsibility that no one else, you know, would, would ask me to do that. So I have to take this on myself. So um, I, I started my internal audit journey when I joined the oil and gas sector company in 2008 and as an internal audit manager. And, and I felt, what are those things that I should do to be a better auditor? Um, so first thing was to learn more and more about business. So oil and gas sector come it's it's a, it's a complicated business it's not mm-hmm. a t- typical straightforward trading or something else it was i was into oil and gas drilling so a lot of um business related information that i wanted to learn because what i felt um if you really want to deliver that value that we talk about always in internal audit profession first thing that you should do is to learn about the business mm-hmm. um I have seen auditors having those audit meetings coming out of those audit meetings. And, you know, after that people in the room talking about, Hey, this guy came to audit us and he hardly knows anything about our business. Right. <laughs> I think that's a discussion most people yeah. have afterwards. Right. Which is kind yeah, of sad. afterwards. Yeah. You know, I've, I have been into those facilitating sessions where one of our parent company wanted to audit us as a shareholder audit. Mm-hmm. And they hired a big four professional services firm to do a shareholder audit of our company. And with all my sympathies with that auditor who was a chartered accountant and with that professional services firm with quite some time. But unfortunately, he didn't have a clue about how oil and gas drilling business works. So based on their risk assessment, they wanted to audit technical maintenance. And the first year of <laughs> That is not you, the biggest risk in a drilling company. <laughs> yeah. And and you can imagine the first meeting, kickoff audit, kickoff meeting. I so I was a chief audit executive. You know, I've been tasked to do to act as a focal point between the shareholder auditors coming from one of the big four firms and our uh, process owners within that company. And the kickoff meeting starts and there's a list of items that the person is asking. And I've got head of maintenance sitting and, you know, I've got head of engineering sitting in that meeting and myself. And, you know, um, there is a dialogue going on and people are trying to explain their um, work that they're doing. And after that meeting ends, I escort the person back to the main reception where he says, okay, I've completed my kickoff meeting. So I'll give you an update as to when we 
have to start our field work and so well thank you very much and then i went back to the meeting room to sit with my folks and he says you know what i said what you know <clears throat> this guy he's coming to audit us but he knows nothing about technical maintenance he knows nothing about oil and gas drilling business so how do you expect this person to come up with the value idea to come up or suggest us something to improve our business process and then when i said yeah this is a valid feedback and you know <laughs> mm -hmm. and i will communicate it to the higher ups within the firm and let's see if they can bring in some oil and gas so that was just a, so what i was saying so when i joined the firm my number one priority was to understand the business itself so you can talk to them in their own language so rather than going on to those accounting and auditing courses i wanted to go for an oil and gas drilling course i actually attended a full one week course eight hours a day a lot of stuff just went over my head but there were quite some information that i could understand so that i had those terms and technologies and those terminologies that you know i can discuss with them talk to them so so when i when i talk to them i'm not conceived as an alien and you know somebody <laughs> who who has little to no knowledge about the business and he's in to audit us so that's how i did and apart from those courses continue to work with those guys to better understand the business and on the other hand i also worked on my professional um Uh, qualifications i went on to do cia um then certified information systems auditor certified fraud examiner then i also acquired a certificate in risk management assurance and did masters degree in audit management and consultancy from birmingham university so um, i felt that i need to have that grounding and that information um from an audit and control perspective so that you know when i go and audit i i have a good broader perspective of all different dimensions and i think that was precisely one of the important factors apart from very good understanding of the business that helped me to be picked up as the cae mm -hmm. so now when you're in those management meetings you know sitting as an auditor or cae management looks towards you from an insight from a business perspective not from an audit perspective they don't want you to tell okay you know if there is that control weakness which is fine that comes as a standard product of audit but what they want to see as how are you uh, adding value towards business so when i assume the role of cae i realized that it's great to have that audit and accounting knowledge and then it's very important to have that knowledge about the business but it's even more important to have that relationship built with the ceos and board of directors and audit committee and when you operate at that level it's a very different ball game mm -hmm. it's good you're good technically you have that business knowledge but then at that level you need to bring that business lens to your discussion you know 
and if 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 you don't have if you have if you don't have that business lens um coming into your discussion that's that's you know um i really i would say it's a setback to an audit function and i feel you know managing reputation of internal audit function at that level becomes very critical mm-hmm. and you are the person as cae representing the whole audit function and people look at you as a face of audit and and i feel the most significant non financial cost may be the negative reputation of internal audit function throughout the organization and we should invest heavily in relationship building with all key stakeholders and you know studies indicate that if an auditor is likable and delivers a well organized argument managers tend to comply with the suggestions even if they disagree and auditor lacks supporting evidence so i'm not saying here that you know you shouldn't have that concrete evidence of work that you're doing but relationship plays a lot in terms of getting the internal audit function going you know it's evident that maintaining a likable personality and establishing a good relationship with key stakeholder does help in turn audit a great deal and and it's not something you know um that as an auditor you can't develop too many people come to the belief that being likable comes from natural unteachable traits that belong only to lucky few or good looking or some very very social and incredibly talented it's easy to fall prey to this misconception you know but when you actually look into the qualities that general likable people have about these are like approachability humility positivity you know we see all these traits are the ones which anyone can develop and we must focus on developing those traits as these are important prerequisite of increasing internal audit's influence and persuasive persuasiveness so yeah <laughs> well because <laughs> You just gave us a whole bunch of stuff there. Right? <laughs> no, so, it's just a- so I need to probably time out time out a little bit because because actually there were quite a few points that you brought up there that I think that I think are important to maybe summarize again so that people don't don't miss them the first time, right? And I think like you said, you know, building the relationships is something that is very key and being likable is is the first part of that. And so it, it's interesting that you use that, that word too, because I was talking with one of my other friends whose uncle is like this uber successful salesperson. And he always told her, he said, Kathy, you know, that selling is easy. Here, here's all it is, right? If people like you, they will see you. Absolutely. And if they trust you, they will buy from you. And so it's like, okay, let's analogize that back to internal audit, right? Hey, okay. if people like you, then they're going to see you. Hey, Imran, I see you. You're kind of cool. I like you. <laughs> right? And then if they trust you, then they're going to want you to help them, right? And of course, there's a whole bunch of stuff behind what that means, but but I think, you know, you bring up that point of sometimes people are afraid and think, "Oh, you know, to be likable, it's like some natural born thing." No, yeah. you can learn these things. But the other thing that I that I've seen some auditors do too is well, I can't be too likable. I can't be too friendly because if I am, then I am impair my independence. 
Oh yeah. yeah. Or objectivity. And it's like, uh, no, <laughs> that's not the case either. Right. Um, that you can be that and still, you know, have the objectivity to do the job you need to do. No, I, I agree with you hundred percent. I think it's an important perspective being likable and having to have that great relationship with your peers and with your higher ups does not mean that you would compromise on your independence. And here comes another factor when you talk about likability is integrity and courage. Mm -hmm. So um, these things go hand in hand. And if, you know, somebody, I would, I would tell you um, a very interesting comment, which was made by our chief operating officer about me in particular, you know, there was an investigation that I had to take over and it was coming right from the top that, mm -hmm. hey, Mr. CAE, we have come across this issue. Can you please investigate and come up with your findings? And and nobody likes a guy that has to investigate, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. So. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tough one to be, but still you maintain that sort of. So one of the um, relevant parties uh, a person approaches COO and says, look, you know, Imran is very close to that person, ABC, and this may influence his investigation and his um, findings. And COO responds to him, and I like this, what he says. He says, well, Imran is everybody's friend and he is nobody's friend. <laughs> yeah, at first you wouldn't think that's a compliment, but that's actually a very good compliment for an author, right? Yeah. So I felt this really um, conveys the message. You know, you have a very good relationship with going with everyone, but when it comes to integrity and when it comes to uh, reporting the facts, you don't bring that to your work you don't say you know you know whatever i work very closely with a b and c so i should tweak something no it doesn't work like that i've also been into those situations where it's an investigation sort of um work that i'm doing and somebody from c level i won't say ceo but um comes and talks to you in general, hey, Imran, how's that going? Yeah, I'm working on that. I'm in the middle of something. And once I have some uh, clear idea as to where we are heading, I'll give you an update on that. And, you know, you get an indication from somebody that, you know, he wants to see the result of that investigation in a certain fashion, not directly, uh. <laughs> but indirectly. You know what? Um, I think, you know, that person is really guilty of this, this, and this, and he should face this sort of uh, disciplinary action. And I would say, yeah, well, you're right, but we are still in the middle of something, and I will let you know. And this is, I would consider it as an attempt to influence mm -hmm. the result. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, what happens when the report goes out and those people they see there is not even a single element of what they wanted to see in that report, you know, and it is just based on the facts and the policies and based on the regulations, they even respect you more. Although during 
although during the course of work, they wanted to see a certain set of outcome, although the outcome was not exactly what they wanted to see, but it was very objective and very much uh, based on um, integrity of the person, this really start to um, appreciate the fact as an auditor that, and they really appreciate that, okay, you are an auditor and you are the one who maintains your integrity irrespective of whoever in whatever position wants to you know, influence. So yes, both these things go hand in hand. You are likable, you're friend of everybody, but when it comes to black and white, it is black and white. Mm -hmm. Well, and I, and I think like you said, that's, that's an important trait that a chief audit executor has to have. They have to have integrity, but they have to have courage too, right? Because I know, you know, sometimes it, it does take courage to um, deliver a message that maybe some people might not like. Yeah. But, you know, again, if we, if we do our job right, we're, we're not, you know, uh, putting judgment on it, if you will. It's just our job to report the facts, right? And so, like you said, with that investigation, you know, yeah, some of the executives might have hoped it would turn out a certain way because maybe yeah. they wanted to take certain disciplinary actions. But Absolutely. at the end of the day, it's like, no, we didn't find anything. Sorry, but, yeah. you know, it you is what it is. It yeah. is what it is. So, yeah. you know, you can't, you can't use it that way. But, but sometimes it does take a lot of courage. And I, th I think that's one of the things, you know, I noticed when I became a chief audit executive, sometimes you have to step up, you know, yeah. big time like that. And, and sometimes you're a little nervous, <laughs> you know, yeah. at, at doing it. But again, you just have to deliver the message and then you deal with the fallout. No, absolutely. Uh, I think it just in, in, the sh in the short term, you might feel that it's, it's tough going with that sort of a situation. But in the long run, as a CAE, you will earn a reputation where people would say, you know, you can't really influence this person. You can't get, you know, what you want. It, it would be reported what it is. And that's how you start building that element of trust even more. Mm -hmm. You know, you start to get more reliance on your work from C-level and from audit committee as well. And that goes a long way. And um, other perspective is, um, bringing that value to the table. So we as an auditor work as an independent sort of um, body within an organization, which is all good. And we report on that assurance. Um, but, you know, um, somehow we are part of that business as well. Mm -hmm. In your meetings in, and in your business, the see and making CEO, and it's, it's an interesting um, you know, dilemma where the management and CEO would want you to help them in running the business. And while uh, somehow audit committee and board would want you to see as, you know, distance yourself from anything that is happening within the management's world and just be very independent. It's a very delicate balance that, you know, somehow that you need to maintain. Um, but to bring that real value, you need to talk business. And I have seen um, organizations where audit has real good insight of the business. You know, CEOs have really turned to the audit and say, hey, this is what everybody's saying on a certain business decision. What is your take on that? Mm -hmm. And, you know, to be there 
it's a long journey. It, 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 it doesn't happen overnight, but it, it's, it's really about, you know, when you see your success as the success of management. If mm-hmm. I am the CAE of an organization and an organization implements a system with insufficient controls or with, with a lot of uh, control weaknesses, I see as a failure of chief audit executive on this reflects on me as well. When I had the opportunity to highlight that right at the beginning of this thing happening, I didn't do that. Or maybe I was not able to convince the management to do it in a different way. So we do it first at the first time, you know, there is no point uh, or, or maybe there's little value in just highlighting and something that has already gone wrong rather than <laughs> highlighting that right at the time when it's happening, you know? So it's a lot about, you know, that's why the focus is shifting from that typical orage towards um, real-time assurance. Yeah. And I see the executives and board members really see that value um, in that sort of real, real-time real assurance where they want audit function to be involved when the initiatives are actually going on. Um, for example, if we were running a huge project and CEO actually said, hey, Imran, I don't want you to tell me at the end of the project that, you know, <laughs> one, two, and three has gone tell wrong. Tell me during it so I can do something tell about me, it. Yeah, tell me right now. Get involved right away, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, tell me how it works. So we then work a sort of model more on a materiality based as to what uh, to what extent internal audit can get involved in those sort of initiatives, keeping in view that independence thing as well, and what sort of value we can add. And with that, uh, I believe we could really deliver a lot of value. And then audit function was involved in almost every strategic decision. If an organization considering a joint venture or a merger and there's a committee formed, CEO would want to see internal audit representation in that committee. If um, organization is going through a restructuring or uh, business process re-engineering, CEO would want to hear from the audit team as to what is your take on that. So I believe this, um, this really comes when you think from that business perspective and you bring that business mindset and that sort of value, that bigger picture uh, approach to your work. So I believe that that is something really, really important for all of us um, as a chief audit executive, have that relationship going, deliver that value that business needs to see your success as business success. And if business has done something good, you see, I see one of my KPIs as all the major decision making or all the major success that business has made, what was my contribution as CAE in that? Mm-hmm. If, we have, if we have entered into a great restructuring exercise, what was CAE or audit's contribution in that business restructuring? If we, have, if we have done a great joint venture or an acquisition, what was my contribution as CAE? To what extent, what value did I add in that? So. I think that perspective brings um, a lot of value for the management and as well as for board as well. 
Well, yeah, and I think, you know, as we kind of wrap up here, because again, time just kind of starts to get away from me <laughs> as we get to talking. But yeah. but I, I think because, again, as you've been talking here um, this last little bit, I think I think it's good to kind of just highlight to everybody who's listening, because I think what you're talking about is is not what some people are doing or it's not what some people are thinking. And so I appreciate you actually bringing that up because it's, I think sometimes I, I see a hesitation from audit of not wanting to get too involved in the business or thinking, well, I'm the auditor, I can't be involved, I shouldn't be involved in any of those things. And again, you know, our biggest value is actually being that trusted advisor to management. Well, you've got to develop a relationship with them. You've got to be involved in those projects uh, to, to be able to help that, you know, because traditionally audit has always been historical looking. You know, we go in and select a sample of the last year's transactions. <laughs> well, honestly, who gives a crap <laughs> you know, no, at that absolutely. point? No. From, from a management perspective, they're like, don't tell me what already happened, yeah. right? Help me with what I'm currently dealing with or what we're looking at in the future. But I, I, I still see this hesitation from a lot of people in the profession of not wanting to jump in. But that's really where you start to develop that trust with the business. So they do come to you and say, hey, we're doing a new merger. Oh, We'd like you guys on the team, right? They're never going to come ask you that unless yeah. you're actually helping them and really providing that value and they trust you. No, absolutely. I take your point. Absolutely. This is, this is uh, I think this is the way forward for, and, and whenever I, um, we, I've been challenged on this um, stance that as an auditor, why are you getting involved in these initiatives? You are an independent body and who should stay independent of business, which is good in terms of the book. But when I read my definition of internal auditing by IIA, help to achieve organization's objective, mm -hmm. right? That's the purpose of my existence. I don't exist if I don't help them achieve those objectives. And if I bring a report, I've seen audits, you know, a <laughs> um, um, report goes to the CEO, 60, 70 page report. And, you know, CEO doesn't want to open it even. And he says, well, I've seen, I've seen this report, 70 page report. Well, tell me what's in there. Is there anything that I should be worried about from a business <laughs> perspective? <laughs> so, you know. Um, well, you and, that, and, that's a, and that's a really tricky question, right? Because, <laughs> because if you're like, no, not really, then they're like, well, that's a why crap. do I have you here? <laughs> right? Yeah. Or, you or... have been doing this from last couple of months. <laughs> you wasted time and resources when there is nothing valuable for me as a CEO, right? Yeah. So that, that remains. So that's why. I always suggest whenever you're making a recommendation to C-level, bring that filter of business there. Is this observation really important for business and how? If yes, that um, merits to be in that internal audit report. And if, if really not, then probably you can work with those process owners to get that sorted out. But for um, CEO level people and executive level, they really need to know something about their business. And um, getting involved in those initiatives. And I would say being there in the front line. Um, I, I would give you an example about how, you know, you can still help the business without even being 
doing a typical audit now and we did once so when we were in um, when i was working in oil and gas sector company we formed a workshop because a lot of the major equipment used to go out for a major overhaul mm-hmm. and you know um an analysis was done and we um, realized that building our own workshop one time investment would save us a lot of money going ahead and um business decision was made that okay we're going to have our own workshop workshop was established we have that all that equipment to do that major overall and we hire some stuff and some uh, maintenance related staff to work in that workshop which was all good so internal audit does um risk assessment and say wow it's a new area with no expertise comes under internal audit radar we're going to audit you so i called head of um, workshop and i said hey uh, we're going to audit you this year and uh, second quarter of the year so this just a heads up our plan has been approved so just be ready i'll give you more specific information when i get closer he said well imran that's right uh you can come and audit me and you will have a real big report audit report coming out of that <laughs> and you know you already knew there were problems right yeah and he says because there are a lot of um, we are just in an infancy stage and we haven't finalized our processes we don't know how to bill it uh, we don't have that customer in, customer interface developed and um the procedures how each and every step would follow but if you want to audit us at this stage you will have a lot of stuff to be reported um uh, but it's your call then i said to him i asked myself a question what are we here at the main purpose is to really um help the business to be better managed and be able to provide that assurance to the key stakeholders um so then i said to the um had a workshop and i said let's do one thing you develop your policies procedures customer interface and your internal processes and we will review independently those processes from risk and control perspective and we'll give you our opinion so that's what happened right from the start of the year they started working on those things started refer to intel knowledge hey uh, what what is your take on that and we gave mm-hmm. our feedback you know do this do that you know i see this thing missing in that why don't you incorporate this layer or this control and that so what happened at the end of the year the processes were improved workshop was up and running delivering great value to the business and we as audit function were able to provide an opinion that mm-hmm. objectives will be met and value will be added but we never did an audit yeah and you know so it's like um, when you truly think about partnering with the business and see where it adds more value and it's it's fair to change your audit plans and go to audit committee and say look we planned this audit as part of our audit plan they are not ready and we take their point uh, we need to give them some time we will we can work with them in establishing these things you know and once they're all set we can go for audit and we change that we had that audit committee's go ahead but in the end 
the real value was there. The process mm -hmm. owners were really happy and satisfied that we have got something robust implemented right at the first time. And we, as an audit function, were able to tell um, audit committee that, hey, we have looked into all these things from a risk and control perspective and we are okay. I'm comfortable that they are going fine ahead. So um, it's truly about partnering. It's truly about the same thing as what is good for the business and how do we help them achieve that? They, you know, you might see a lot of people asking questions about independence and saying that, hey, you're part of the process, how you're going to audit them now, you know? So we can always say, yes, I, have, I haven't implemented that, but I have reviewed that control and risk perspective, and that doesn't stop me auditing them next year, you see? And because there's always businesses ever evolving and there will always be um, room for improvement. I can always go next year or a year ahead and say, okay, I want to look into your processes once more from an independent audit perspective. So that goes on, but it's it's really the value that you that you bring to the table, actually. Well, and I, I think that's a good point because, <clears throat> you know, again, kind of from my opinion, um, you know, traditional audit would say, oh, Imran, you didn't do an audit. Right. You, you, you didn't really do your job. You missed you did, your KPI. You, yeah. You missed your KPI. You didn't do an audit. And I would say, right. Fooey on that. You provided way more value than that audit would have. Right. Cause, cause again, let's, let's pretend, right. Like you had just done the traditional audit. You would have had this huge report that said there were all these problems. Yeah. The manager of that area already knew about all those problems. <laughs> exactly. Right. And so he's probably going to get whipped around from management. True. But instead, partnering with them, helping them to to improve and develop what they need to, that adds a lot more value. And again, right, to the people that would say, oh, you weren't independent, so you can't do an audit. Again, I would say, you know what, that's fine. Don't, don't audit that area. You're still providing more value <laughs> by helping them out than, than, you know, issuing some audit report that just yeah. doesn't really make a lot of sense, right? I agree. I think, uh, Jason, we would continue to face this dilemma throughout. I think since the internal audit was born until day, you always have this question about your independence. Here you're getting involved in business and, you know, you're crossing that line of independence, which is, I know this is very uh, thin margin between the two, but it's it's more about, you know, adding that value to the business as that's really people want to see as a role of internal audit moving forward as more future focused advising the yep. management what is benefit what is more beneficial um, for the business and when you maintain that integrity and that objectivity you're always um, seen as an independent party and when you have that courage to take that tough decisions that would clearly portray on your independent stance on whatever business decisions are so you can demonstrate it with with your act so yeah, it's um, it's always a tricky business to be in, but yeah, it's an interesting <laughs> one as well. Well, no, hey, I really appreciate you talking with me. I mean, again, it's like you've given lots of information. So what I wanted to do is just maybe for 30 seconds or so, kind of give people somewhat of a summary. Because again, there's a few of these points that you made that I want to make sure that people don't miss, right? So, you know, again, when we first started talking about your career, 
And obviously, you know, you've got technical stuff, school, certifications, everything else. And I love that term that you're the CEO of your own career development. So I, <laughs> I might steal that from you a little bit. It's good. Um, but, but, you know, you, you were developing it on the technical side, but you realized how important it was to really understand the business and spent a lot of time actually um, learning about what your company did and the different aspects to it. And again, you know, kudos to you because I don't see a lot of auditors doing that. And that is one of the biggest things that we have to do if we're going to be relevant. If you don't, if you don't really understand your, your company or the business that they're doing, you're a great auditor and that's fabulous, but you'll never be a trusted advisor. If you don't understand the business, if you're not likable, oh right? yeah, <laughs> you know, cause we talked about likability. If, oh, if people yeah. don't like you and if people don't trust you, then, hey, you know what? It, do, it doesn't matter. And that likability and trust comes from developing the relationship, spending more time, maybe understanding. And again, you may feel like, well, I'm not putting out as many audit reports as I need to. It's like, that, that doesn't even matter, right? I mean, I remember a time, you know, one of the companies that I, that I worked for before, you know, we had a huge chemical division. Uh-huh. Well, I went through, you know, high school, uh, college and graduate degree, never taking chemistry. <laughs> okay. And so here I am, you know, one of our major divisions is a chemical company. So I had to understand the business. I sat down with some of the guys that were PhDs and chemical engineers. Wow. And for two or three days, they just taught me, you know, I understood the periodic table elements and yeah. you know, the chemical reactions, but they actually explained to me the chemical reactions and why the factory was set up the way it was, what we were trying to, to do throughout the whole process. Now we could understand a lot better on how to actually do that. So don't be afraid to take the time to develop the relationships and understand the business better. Because when you do finally get to auditing, it's going to make you a lot better. No, and, um, you know, again, I think that's, that's kind of shown in your career path as well, you know, because you focused on more than just your technical skills look at where you are, man. <laughs> you <know? laughs> Thanks very much. Thanks, Jason. <laughs> no, I really appreciate your, um, you know, your advice throughout. And uh, I really appreciate the way uh, you're um, helping the profession as well in all different perspectives. I do follow you, um, your thought leadership, your articles, and I've attended your training sessions as well. Uh, fantabulous. Fantabulous. I love that. I might have to steal that word from you too. <laughs> well, hey, thanks again, my friend. It was good to uh, to reconnect and get to talk to you. And, and like I said, I'm really, I'm grateful for you taking the time because what you shared today is going to help a lot of other people as well. Thanks very much, Jason. Have a great day ahead. And thank you for giving me this opportunity to share this with you. All right. You're welcome. We'll talk to you later. Thank you. Bye-bye. And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Jamming with Jason. Keep on rocking in the audit world. Have a great rest of your day, and I'll catch you later on the next show. If you'd like to earn continuing professional education for listening to today's episode, head on over to C-Risk Academy at ondemand.criskacademy.com. And that's C as in the letter C, riskacademy.com. Not only do you get a CPE certificate, but you also will have access to the video version of today's show. 
The views and opinions expressed on this show are that of the individuals and not of their respective organizations.